Welcome to the Spiritual Recharge Podcast, brought to you by SpiritualRecharge.com. This is your place to experience peace and higher consciousness while recharging the battery of your soul. So get comfortable, take a few relaxing breaths, and settle in to this sacred time for yourself. Our warmest welcome to you. Thank you for your beautiful presence. And now we'll hear from Michael. So many, many blessings. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we're going to be diving deep into the nature of reality. What is really going on? We have a special guest, Shireen, Sister Shireen from Florida. And I'll introduce her more in a moment. And we're going to be diving into exploring the Matrix. Nearly everyone's seen the movie The Matrix. And if you haven't, it's definitely worth watching. And what are the spiritual lessons we can glean from this? What is the significance? And what is the real Matrix? We're going to be going into what does it mean? to be stuck in the matrix? How do we get out of the matrix? Who is our real enemy? What is the red pill? What is the blue pill? What does it mean to take that red pill like Neo does in the matrix? What is Zion? Is there such a thing on earth? And who are we? Who are we really? And what is outside of the matrix? We're going to dive into all these things and a lot more. And as you listen to this discussion today, just tune into your life. Look around you. Look at the world around you, and you'll see it in a different light by the end of this session. (laughs) So I want to introduce Shireen. Shireen uh, doesn't want me to praise her too much, you just told me, but um, she's a wonderful soul, and she has 30 years' experience as a spiritual teacher, meditation. She started practicing Raj Yoga meditation, I think, when she was 24. She's originally from India, moved to America, and then had a spiritual awakening she in a way was pulled out of the matrix and experienced a different reality entirely that just made her dedicate her life to these higher experiences and been teaching meditation to thousands of souls all over the world online and in person in in the center she's actually had three near-death experiences she just told me this recently which kind of like being pulled out of the matrix and seeing what's outside of it which is very unusual most people haven't had any and she's had three of them she's also the author of multiple books and courses and she has a wonderful youtube channel release your wings with loads of interviews and talks and things which you can check out and she just finished a new book nearly finished a new book called soul fitness which should be coming out soon And she also does um, lots of videos, shorts, 
meditation. So if you like her meditations, you can listen to one minute ones that she has on YouTube. And I could praise her more, but she's uh, she she likes to remain beyond praise. So I'll keep it. Okay. <laughs> yes. So we're very blessed to have you here, Shireen. Thank you for your wonderful presence. How are you doing? Happy to be here with you and everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me. It's my pleasure. I know Shireen for quite some time now, a few months, and um, we're working on some projects. And I thought it'd be nice to have her on the podcast. So I'll just briefly um, share a little bit about the Matrix, and then we're going to discuss these things and how it applies to our lives. So I imagine everyone listening to this has seen the movie The Matrix, which came out in 1999, and then there's been the the trilogy, and then there was one that came out, I think it was 2021, uh, the latest one. And very briefly, just a quick recap for anyone who hasn't seen it or has forgotten what it's about. It's about a programmer starts off with a programmer called Thomas Anderson who works in a software company and he has a feeling there's something not all quite right about the world in which he lives and he's not sure what it is that's wrong about it but he has this sense there's something else he's not who he seems to be and the world isn't what it appears to be And The Matrix is about his story of awakening. He ultimately is given an opportunity by Morpheus. And I feel Shireen is very much like Morpheus, actually, because she's she really does wake people up and she sees through the illusions. She calls me out on some of my own madness, which I appreciate, Shireen, by the way. And so she's, you know, it's like you can imagine Morpheus on the ship of the real world, you know, waking these people up out of this illusion, this fantasy world, this wonderful romanticized reality that is actually causing all sorts of sorrow and keeping people trapped, but it has this glow around it. So Neo eventually takes the red pill and he wakes up and he realizes that the Matrix wasn't the real world, that there is another world that is actually real and in the movie the matrix is a simulation like a computer program and the real world is is this kind of dystopian reality in the future but in our case when we really wake up to these things we understand that we can read the matrix and we'll talk about this in a moment in different ways but on a deeper level we have this the drama of life, which if you've listened to this podcast for a while, we've talked about quite a lot, the, the wondrous drama of life. And then outside of it is our spiritual home, our world of infinite peace. So when we wake up out of the matrix, we're not waking up into some dystopian reality on a ship. We're waking up into a world of infinite peace divine light and freedom and spiritual awakening so so this it's is a completely different thing but along the way we do go through these trials and tribulations and challenges and and different things that we have to get out of the illusion 
So I'm not going to talk too much about this because we have a lot to discuss, but this is the essence of the matrix, is Neo's awakening. And how does this apply to us? What is going on? And how can we see our own life in this way? So that's just a quick introduction. Shireen, what, what, what was the main things that you took from The Matrix when you saw that movie and how it applies to life? Um, you know, even before we get into The Matrix, I, since I was thinking about The Matrix since this morning, I wanted to pay homage to my very special hero, Joseph Campbell. I feel Joseph Campbell did as much to advance our understanding of reality as Einstein. He is one of the unsung heroes of the 20th century. And without him, we wouldn't have movies like The Matrix. We wouldn't have uh, movies like Frozen or um, Avatar or Star Wars or any of these current versions of um, Hero's Journey movies. And so I've been appreciating him and I've been appreciating how deep and wonderful that soul was and what a gift he was to humanity. And so for me, The Matrix really is the hero's journey, right? It's the hero's journey about um, getting out of wherever they were, answering the call and, you know, um, finding the prize and all of those things. And so one of the things that I feel about The Matrix is it really touched me deeply because when I saw it, I was also exploring the hero's journey around the same time. And so it really deeply touched me and I realized why it touched me because it was fundamentally my story that is symbolic of what I go through on a regular basis on a spiritual path. And so that's what I thought about the movie when I saw it, that I really liked it because, oh my God, this is who I am. <laughs> And, um, and there's several things I took from it. And one of the, one of the things that um, I took from it was um, not only that it's um, the hero's journey, but the first question I had um, was what Neo had, right? Is what is the matrix and how does it fit within our spiritual understanding of life? And since then, what I've discovered is um, just like the movie Matrix is a vast illusion, what we see physically is not a physical illusion, but it is a spiritual illusion. And that there is a spiritual world right in front of us. So beyond the matrix, right? The real world, the quote unquote real world is right here. It's right in front of us. And the tyrannical nature of the physical world is such that we are not tapping into the spiritual world and we just keep looking at the physical world. And so, yeah, it was a Hollywood fantasy of a computer takeover, but actually there's a real sense in which the material world confuses people that making them forget who they are as eternal souls 
and their relationships with other souls as brothers, their relationship with God. And so they forget all of that. So um, for me, it was about seeing the spiritual world, seeing the spiritual world in front of me and tapping into the spiritual world for whatever I need. So that was one. Um, the next one was uh, one of the most profound aspects of the movie was the oracle for me uh, in the movie because um, I was always very fascinated by the oracle of Delphi and the oracle of Delphi for those of you who don't know it was an ancient was an ancient Greek a Greek oracle. She was an oracle in ancient Greek. Actually, there were several oracles of Delphi. They were picked for their very high character, and they used to be in the temple of Apollo, and they used to anyone from the high highest people, like the ministers, to download. They would come and get advice from this oracle of Delphi. And so, and on the temple of Apollo, there is a saying: "Know thyself." and in this movie, whoever wrote this movie, they were brilliant, right? It's like genius level writing. Um, so even in this movie, you see above the oracle, there's a thing called know thyself. We'll get into that in a minute. But when I saw this, right, about the oracle, so what happens in the oracle is um, as the movie progresses, I'm beginning to feel like Neo, like he's saying, okay, he's has he's having this existential question, am I the one? And then he goes to the Oracle. So Morpheus believes he's the one. And um, he goes to the Oracle to find out, is he the one? And I loved it when Oracle allows him to believe whatever he wants. Because it's then I realized that spiritual life or a spiritual path or being the chosen one is not about an assigned destiny. No one assigns you, hey, you, Michael, are the chosen one. No one assigns it to you. You have to come to that understanding yourself uh, with self-awareness, with spiritual effort, and it's just not an assigned destiny. And I love that about the Oracle that she doesn't allow, she just she just allows him to believe whatever he wants. And that it is actually a very personal choice. And I always tell myself, if you're the chosen one, you have to make the right choices. To choose is to be chosen. If you're the one, then you have to choose you're the one. No one is going to come and tell you you're the one. Right. Of course, to dramatize in the movie, they'll tell you, yeah, you know, someone Morpheus came and picked up Neo and gave him the red pill, but you have to take the red pill. You have to choose. And it's about really self-realization and most importantly, self-acceptance, that acceptance that you are greater than your physical life, than just your life right now. You're so much greater than your physical life. And, and that greatness and that self-acceptance and who we are in our greatness really comes when we discover our own destiny with a committed spiritual path. It cannot happen any other way than a committed spiritual practice. You can't just one day, you know, I've known people who think, 
they can go to a few yoga classes and listen to a few spiritual teachers and then they think, oh, they're on a hero's journey, they're on a spiritual path. No, that's not the way life works. <laughs> that's not the way truth works. You know, you have to do what, um, you have to do the work. Um, and then the next one for me was this aspect of dying alive. Um, actually not dying alive. Let's call it sacrifice for now. I don't want to scare people away with this dying alive business. And so, uh, <laughs> um, so there's a lot about sacrifice and renunciation, right? In the movie, uh, because there's one point that, uh, Neo risks his own life to save Morpheus's. And But you have to remember that point was the time when he risked his own life to save Morpheus was the time when he really awakened to his true nature. So our renunciation, our sacrifice for someone else, for a higher cause, right? Not just randomly for people, but for a higher cause, that is when our true nature awakens. And of course, we don't have to die physically because he almost dies, right? Actually dies, not he almost dies. Neo actually dies uh, and then he becomes the one. But we have to spiritually or uh, metaphysically die. We don't have to die physically because that isn't useful to us or anyone else as dying. So we are not, <laughs> no one's required to physically die. But we do have to die to the material world, the physical world, our false ego, our attachments. We have to die to that. And when we actually die, that is when we realize we are the one. And the other thing which we have to die to is our comfort zone. And especially in the U.S., right? I feel so weird. So I've been here for a very long time, and I think Shireen... Um, Americanizing Shireen happened a long time ago. So I'm definitely a product of this country, though I feel like a global citizen. Um, but sometimes when I hear people, um, you know, the temperature in the room should just be so. And, you know, I go with my friends to coffee and they're like, okay, I want a triple venti, sugar-free, non-fat, no foam, mocha latte, whatever, whatever. And I'm thinking, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know? What are you doing? Um, you know, as unbelievable as that sound, I've heard people order like that, you know, extra caramel, whipped mocha, caramel, decaf, whatever, whatever. And so... Um, God bless America. <laughs> what, God bless America, you said? Yeah, it's just <laughs> hilarious. It is very hilarious. <laughs> and so we, we are... Um, so we have all of these comforts. We have, we are designing our lives just so, and we are desperately trying to arrange everything around us exactly the way we think it should be. But really, if you think about the matrix, life has to be simple. And as Joseph Campbell's and the hero's journey, it has to be an effective and simple life. Um, I'm not saying, okay, don't get me wrong. You do not need to give up your exotic coffee blends or your luxury mattresses. I'm not saying that, not yet. You don't have to do any of that stuff. But we should definitely pra uh, 
focus on this dying alive or dying to the material physical world, our false ego, our attachment, only then will we know if we, if we are the one. Mm-hmm. Only then. Um, and also, you know, once you start, right, once you start, you realize that they don't really make you happy. It's like the love uh, uh, diminishing returns, marginal returns, you know, you, you have more and more and you get less and less pleasure from it. We won't get into that now. I want to move on. Um, and the next theme I wanted to talk about in the matrix was know thyself. Um, like I suggested, it always fascinated me this uh, saying, know thyself, right? Because always I felt, and one of my spiritual teachers always used to say that, in any given situation, you have a doubt, you only ask yourself the question, who am I? Just know yourself, know yourself. That's all you need to do. You need to know yourself. It doesn't matter what's going on everywhere else. And so I love that. I love that aspect of the matrix. Um, and and when we say, you know, know thyself, we are, of course, uh, not talking about, um, you know, whether I like pizza, you know, pineapple on my pizza or not. Um, that's not definitely what we are talking about. But we are talking about this inner being, the soul, the spirit that we are that I need to know about who I am, what are my original qualities, what is my original nature. Um, I need to know about myself in my complete soul form, in my spiritual form, because that is who I am eternally, not whether I like pineapple on my pizza or not. Um, But I do wonder why people like pineapple on their pizza. Um, And so... Mm. um, And so I feel the whole point of um, the matrix and a spiritual journey is really knowing myself, knowing my original eternal form and how long can I be in that original eternal form. And, you know, if you think about it, if if the movie matrix is so successful, right, why is it so successful? It's like one of the most successful blockbusters. It's like the part of the psyche of everyone, right? Because everyone recognizes the truth and value of the treasure Neo attains. It is self-knowledge. At the end, he attains self-knowledge. Because somewhere deep inside, subconsciously, we know that we are more than our material existence, that we are at our core divine beings. And that's what I think I like most about the matrix is that it affirms this ancient, this eternal truth in the face of modern world, in the face of computer takeovers and all of those things. Um, and then the next one, so this one, I didn't think about it. I was just focusing on know, my, know Thyself yesterday when I was thinking about the matrix. But this morning, our session was all about knowing thy enemy. And since this morning, I'm having this very deep realization that it is as important to know thy enemy as to know thyself. It is as important 
because you cannot know yourself without not without knowing your enemy you have to know your enemy and so within the brahma kumaris tradition for us what is the enemy so you know they always depict in christianity the devil with his little on someone's shoulder with a little pitchfork and tail and two horns you know standing there and talking and it's yeah. always something external it's always something external but really it's an internal devil it's an internal devil and the word in sanskrit that they say is maya or illusion right and this illusion or maya is not about um physical illusion it's not about someone bringing rabbits out of a hat um it's about how are the soul is filled with the vices and what happens when the soul is filled with the vices is that we only see a very distorted form of reality because our lens is through the vices and then not only are we seeing reality through the vices but we are also um seeing our conversation in our heads is also based on this vice induced world view so the world of course is not an illusion but when i'm seeing with the vices then i'm not seeing the spiritual world i'm seeing just the physical world and i'm seeing the world and seeing how can i take the you know extract the last amount of ounce of you know pleasure from this physical world and then that is when our perception of the world is so false and so i can go on and on about the enemy know thy enemy you know i feel if as a, if i have to give someone advice about their spiritual life that is the first advice i would give yes know yourself but also know your enemy equally do not let go, let go of your enemy don't let it go don't just be complacent about it keep seeing your enemy because your enemy is very deceitful lots of love and blessings just wanted to mention that if you enjoy this podcast and resonate with it and you'd like more go ahead and make sure that you follow the podcast on apple or spotify or wherever it is that you listen to it so that way you get notified of any new things and we're going to be doing new and different things from time to time extra little bits and pieces so you'll learn about all of that as well so just wanted to mention that go ahead and follow the podcast thank you so much for your wonderful presence and back to the podcast this is a very deep deep thing you know i mean this is one of shireen's specialities one of her many specialities shireen not that i'm going to praise you too much <laughs> i'm just joking but um but it's true the the enemy why is it that so many people are trapped what what what's happened to all of us i mean why are we stuck in this matrix is cuz the enemy the illusion has done a really really stellar job. I mean you you got to give credit in 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 the Raj Yoga teachings there's an expression um mentioned many times that don't underestimate maya. You know, maya is no less than god. You know god is great but maya is also sort of in a way equal um although god is ultimately greater uh, because it's such such a deception and in the matrix 
everyone's asleep. And um, the, the latest Matrix, which I saw a while ago, um, the, the main character who you could say is like the illusion, the devil, the Maya, the architect, he says, um, Neo wakes up again and he says, it's all very well that you can have this freedom to fly around, but all the sheeple, they like my world and they're not going to wake up. And I think that's a very, very powerful quote that, that this attachment we have to things and our comfort zone is trapping us, you know, and, and um, most people don't even think about these things. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that, Shreem, but carry on what you were saying about the, the enemy. No, that's a really good, um, that's a really good thing because I didn't see that movie, but it's wonderful, right? Because it's going to say something I was going to say. It's going to allude to something I'm going to say. You know, this reward, right? The reward of self-knowledge, the reward of self-realization is so wonderful. It is so blissful. Really, the bliss is the word I want to use. And for me, I don't feel bad what people are suffering. I don't feel bad at all. But I feel like compassion for what they are not experiencing compassion for there is such beauty and bliss beyond this just this very it's like you know chickpeas as we say in the brahma kumaris <laughs> you know this is like so small right it's like so small it's like shells compared to diamonds and still we are hanging on to these shells um and we think oh this is all there is because we maya has totally trapped us and we don't know it's trapped us. And also what happens is um, the modern world really reinforces this, uh, this Maya, right? For example, uh, playing the victim. The modern world thinks, oh, playing the victim, uh, victim is like almost exalted to the hero these days, right? Oh, she was, she has been a victim. I'm wondering if I'm totally getting politically incorrect here. But, you know, so there are all these victims. And what I've noticed with my work with the enemy is we audition for different roles all the time. If I audition for victim, there are two things about the victim. If I audition for victim, then Maya will provide all the supporting characters so I can play victim. Maya will provide a di dictator, Maya will provide a tyrant, Maya will provide whatever, you know, and will provide the right tools so I can play the victim. And time and time again, every single time I've noticed that it's so negative, disempowering to be playing the victim. And also what eventually happens is all victims become perpetrators in some form or shape. And all of this, because Maya has just to taken totally hold of them. And so it's not useful. It's not useful to give in to the world or give in to someone saying, oh, you poor you. No, there's no poor you. Wake up, right? I want to just tell people, wake up. Um, um, because you are not poor you. You are a great soul. You are a beautiful divine being and it's not useful <laughs> for you or anyone else to keep doing, to keep giving into Maya. 
Um, I also want to talk about the red pill and the blue pill. Yeah, let's talk about that. The because the in the matrix, the the key thing, and people talk about this all the time, is that there are these two pills: the red pill. It's come into the into our culture, red red pilling, you know, and it can be used in different contexts. But um, Neo is given the opportunity to take the red pill or the blue pill, and he's told he's going to know the truth, whatever it is, and he has to make a decision. And if he takes the blue pill, he can go back to sleep. He'll wake up in his bed and just carry on like he was, as if nothing happened. And then there's the red pill, right? And he has to make a decision. And then he wakes up and he finds out it's kind of shocking what he deals with. And he has a bit of a hard time adjusting to it. So most people think the red pill is something that you take once and then that's it. And, and a lot of people have this sort of awareness that they've awoken and now that's the end of it. So what's your thoughts on that, Shireen, the red pill and the blue pill? Even in this stage of my journey, I have to choose red pill or blue pill um, because it's different layers of red pilling and blue pilling. Of course, the initial layer of blue pill is are you choosing ignorance because you feel ignorance is bliss or are you refusing to accept some unpleasant truth about what is happening in the world, you know? Uh, unpleasant truth means like you keep chasing mirages and you know it's a mirage, but deep down you just tell yourself, no, this mirage is going to be an oasis for me. For everyone else, it's a mirage, but it's going to be an oasis for me. And that's why I keep chasing it. So we keep doing that. There's denial, there's complacency, and we feel ignorance is okay. Oh, and the other thing I feel, which is worse than any of that, is apathy, indifference that I don't care. I don't care what's happening to me. I don't care what's happening to the world. You know, it's just, it's just don't care thing. And so of course there's those, that overt, you know, very obvious thing, you know, like you take the red pill and you wake up to the real world, to the spiritual world, you do. But also in any situation, in any relationship, in any, um, you know, in any choice you make, any choice you make, and your life is filled with choices all the time. Every day you have to make choices. And in any choice you make, um, if you choose to ignore problems, if you choose to ignore potential issues, and if you choose your comfort zone, then you're blue pilling life. Um, and it, you know, for me, it could be something like, you know, I've been doing something for the past, let's say, 10 years, and now I need to make a change. But if I keep doing the same thing, what I did for the past 10 years, and I refuse to make a change, on a very small level, it is I'm blow-pilling life. And so I feel it's not just a one-time thing. It's a thing that you have to do all the time. It's this process of, again, dying alive, this process of renunciation and sacrifice and renouncing the comfort zone. It's the process of renouncing the status quo. It's a wonderful thing, renunciation. You know, this is this is like, there's the glamorized spirituality because a lot of... Where you have this perfect yoga pants yeah. and perfect... Exactly, the yoga pants. You know, you'd think the only only spiritual people are these, these perfect ladies with their perfect yoga pants sitting on the, you know, on their yoga mat out in nature somewhere, you know, with a perfect tan and just the lighting and the hair, everything's just perfect. 
that's the sort of glamorized spiritual awakening and you know a few crystals and some nice candles and a bit of music a yoga class you know listen to a podcast and it's all good to go you know but that that's not that's blue pilling spirituality you know there's there's a lot of that going on but dying in the matrix i watched the um the matrix recently just to to refresh my memory about this and the the I actually first watched it years ago. Just, I think it was literally about two months before I had a spiritual awakening myself. Literally, I was thinking, when when did I see it? It was in South Africa I saw it, and then I came back to England, and then I had a spiritual awakening about two months later. So it was interesting timing. And um, the the in the Matrix, Neo is shot by Agent Smith. And he doesn't immediately die. He kind of looks at him down and he sees the blood coming out of his chest. And he gets shot a bunch more times. Then he falls over. And then he's and then he comes back to life. Trinity kind of wakes him up and he comes back to life. But he had to die before he came back. And when he did, he could see the code. He could see what was going on. He he had finally transcended his illusion. Of life, and one of the one of the biggest things, and we talk about this quite a lot, is is to, and I I I think this is a really good practice for all of us, is to to literally imagine being dead. I find this personally extremely useful to imagine that I'm left my body, and I find it actually very relieving, to be perfectly honest, because. I have so many things I'm doing and so many people and all these situations to, to imagine going beyond everything where I'm just pure consciousness, pure light, completely liberated. This is what God is like. He's completely free from absolutely everything in a state of constant bliss and he comes and goes and he's not attached and he's not trapped and he's not lost in anything and he knows what's going on. So to have that experience of getting out of this um, neurosis of me and mine and I and I have to do this and I have to do that and what about this and what about that to experience being dead to actually imagine being pulled up and then and then coming back into it with that sense of spiritual freedom that I'm here temporarily as a guest and and then the illusions are much more apparent the enemy is much more clear but if we don't get out of this whole thing, we don't have that space. Because Neo is that, you know, the interesting thing with the Matrix, he's got that plug. They get plugged in, goes in the back of their head. It goes into the limbic system, the jack. It goes into the limbic system, right, in the back of the brain. So he gets jacked in, but then he gets unplugged, right? So in a way, our spiritual practice is unplugging from the whole thing. Right. I like what you're saying about being the guest. They just see yourself as a guest in this world. Just die alive <laughs> to the story. When I heard that, first of all, that term die alive, like 25 years ago, I really didn't like it, I have to admit. I, I, I got freaked out by that term, die alive. I thought, no, 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 I don't like that at all, right? I, but I didn't understand what it meant. So I thought it meant something it didn't mean. But it means to imagine being free of everything completely, Maybe that's what I thought it meant then, but I just didn't like the idea of it. <laughs> but now I really, really like it, and I find it very, very 
I find it essential. I can't manage things easily if I'm not having that experience. So dying alive means pulling the plug out, the jack, coming out. What a relief. Yeah, what a relief. I always tell people uh, when I'm teaching meditation, if you really want to learn to meditate, you have to lose the story which is a version of dying a lot. Lose your story. Oh, I was born here. This happened to me. I got married. I got divorced. I These children, they do this and that. No, lose the story. You have to lose the story to be able to meditate. And so you have to lose the story or die alive to be able to really see who you really are because that story is not you. And if you are experiencing any kind of sorrow, that means you're telling yourself the wrong story. Because the real you, there is no sorrow. The story has sorrow. And so you're telling yourself the wrong story. You're getting plugged into the story. And that's why you're experiencing sorrow. So dying alive is actually a joyous experience. It it is. It's like, because the thing is, with The Matrix this is why it's such a great movie is that once they wake up right and they remember who they are and they know what the real the truth is and they know the matrix is all fake and it's all temporary then they can come back into it with mastery and it's actually quite amusing do you know what i mean like neo can fly in the matrix and he has all these special powers and he actually it's kind of interesting from that perspective but when somebody is not aware of these things and they can't unplug then it's a then it's a prison you know it's a jail if you really need to understand our own greatness and live in that then we have to die alive right i also wanted to mention one last thing is there a zion on earth and Um, You know this word avatar? This word avatar is actually translated as incarnation and also it totally got um, hijacked by the series, the movie Avatar. Um, But avatar means, um, ava means downward and descend. Ava is you descending down. So what happens is, when a person, when a being, a spiritual being from the spiritual plane descends into the physical plane, they are creating a pathway. The, the path of descent is a pathway. And wherever they descend, they create a spiritual pilgrimage. And people from that particular um, point, it's a portal, can, using the same path, ascend back to the spiritual plane. And so this real world or Zion, I feel there is this magical place in India. We call it affectionately Madhuban. It's in Rajasthan. And it's very similar to Zion, right? The food is not good. Even though I'm Indian, after two, three days of eating Indian food every day, I'm like, oh my God, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with this food. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, the bed is not comfortable. It's very austere. There are no luxuries. There's, you know, life is, you know, it's very basic. But the spiritual experiences you have there, the amazing uh, feeling of being home 
you cannot get anywhere else and so i feel that they are there is there are other places but i will mention that one place um there are places on this earth that way you can actually go and get away from the matrix and recharge and go into the quote unquote real world the spiritual world and be who you are and come back into the matrix better greater more powerful want to take a moment now to give thanks to you for listening for being here for your beautiful presence it really means a lot to us to be doing this and connect with you and one thing that we'd really appreciate is if you could go and leave a review on apple or spotify that way we can help grow the podcast you can help grow the podcast and if you have any questions or you need any extra support just leave it in there and we'll do everything we can if you have any topics that you'd like us to share about or anything that you like that you'd like us to do more of just go ahead and mention that in the review and we will do everything we can to support you so thank you so much for being here and when you get a chance just leave a review all right let's get back to the podcast Madhavan is a magic place I've been many 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 times and um, it is a portal because you get pulled out it's you get pulled out and it's like stepping out of time out of the world it's absolutely fascinating and you know we can't always necessarily get on a plane and go to India and go to Madhavan I mean it's good but it's not available all the time for everyone so we we can aim to create portals in our life in various ways where we where we can get out get, get, escape unplug die alive again and again and again and one of the practices in raj yoga which which we are recommended to practice again and again perhaps the main practice actually is to come out of the drama the matrix is the word in the movie but we call it the drama the drama of life there's the illusion maya and then there's the drama and both of them can dominate our attention whether it's mundane consciousness or whether it's the glamorizing of negative things being seduced by things but to go out to be pulled up <laughs> into the light into the golden light in, into the the spiritual home and to be free of thoughts and worries and receive god's power divine power divine bliss and then feel the charge and then come back to be out of the story this is such a huge relief and it makes it's like going on vacation in a way to a beautiful place where there's nothing to do and then coming back charged up we live in a world now where where not only is 
there are lots of things going on around us. But then when you've got the internet, which is like another matrix within the matrix, and then then within that there are these games. <laughs> so there's like layers and layers and layers of games and traps and matrices all layered on top of each other. So we're, we're in a bit of a situation nowadays to, to unplug and then unplug from unplugging and unplug and unplug. And then at the end of it is our is our spiritual light and beyond everything. I mean, it's the most sparse place, you could say, the soul world, is there's nothing there at all, really, apart from light. There's not even a bed. It's just light. So the, these are very, very deep things. I'm just going to read a comment here from Brenda, who just shared here. She said, Up to this moment, this will to change... Dying alive to me means letting go of whatever storyopoly, what a great word, I am playing on my own stage, then stepping into the director's chair, soul self, witnessing the story, letting go of it, then doing the work to unravel the creation of the ego or my understood belief. That's a very deep thing, Brenda. So these are all profound experiences. So, Shireen, what what can people take from all this, this fabulous conversation and insights? What what would you say is a practice? One is uh, getting on a spiritual path is not glamorous. It's not glamorous. Um, So just forget about that. You know, whatever you think is the spiritual path and glamour is not going to go, they don't go along. And then the second one is about being a guest, the practice of being a guest being a guest in this world, uh, the practice of dying alive to the story, um, the practice of just dying alive and becoming light, you know, just from your body, just becoming light. I think those three are really good. Let's, let's discuss a little bit about it not being glamorous because this... Let's, let's discuss a little bit about it not being glamorous because this... I think a lot of people have been seriously misinformed by the what we could call um, spiritual marketing gurus who are really, really good at putting this um, illusion of spirituality that a lot of people think is what it is. Um, that they're kind of, it's kind of like the consumerist version. <laughs> this is we can have another week we can have another podcast on this in more detail but i think this is what this is one of shireen's we should bring you back shireen just to talk about this one thing because i think it's it's such a such a um you know like in the matrix they are living on this ship eating gruel basically and um but they're awake you know it doesn't have to be quite like that that's going that's like any really extreme um, but it isn't all about yoga pants and um, special cappuccinos and special like tonics. That's that's not really spirituality. Um, so we can talk about this because sometimes I can get very politically incorrect and I shouldn't. 
Um, <laughs> so, um, one of the things about, um, you know, this glamour, right, is um, if someone is selling you something, you know, they're selling you their product, they're selling you their, you know, I don't know, whatever they're selling you, and then they have to glamorize it to sell it, right? And so um, what happens is we, we are not able to see the real thing. We are not able to see what's the real thing because we are falling for the illusion. And it's important. And of course, it's not as bad as eating that tasty wheat or whatever that gruel is in the matrix. It's not as bad as that, but it's a marathon. No, really, a spiritual life is a marathon. It's not, you know, it's not a hundred meter dash where you can just, you know, you, you see, like when you see Usain Bolt or someone, when, you know, in the Olympics, you see them in the um, in the hundred meter dash, how they behave. They are like taking a victory lap around the stadium. They, you know, they have their flags, you know, the Jamaican flag, and they're just going and smiling and all of that, right? That's what they are doing. And did you see the marathoners, what they are doing? There's no smiles in a marathon. There's no victory laps. The fact that they've made it, they're sweating, they are really in bad shape. They are, there is absolutely no glamor in a marathon. And that is how spiritual life is. There is, you, if you want it to be real, you, you don't want it to be temporary, that that's what it is. I feel, I feel I'm not being the best salesperson right now, so I'm going to keep quiet. <laughs> no, but see, this is, this is the truth, though. This is, this is the red pill. I mean, it doesn't have to be unpleasant and nasty and, like, toxic and, you know, like, a just all pain and, and, and no gain sort of thing. But the... Um, the, the reality is anyone who's really the real deal on a real spiritual path has to face their demons and deal with some pretty dark stuff that comes up along the way and and have discipline um, and do stuff that they don't necessarily want to do that doesn't feel easy to do. You know, I think that the modern society has made everything so that this idea that if it doesn't feel good all the time, then there must be something wrong with it. I mean, I talk about this quite a lot just in, in, in different contexts that if you want to do anything worth doing, you're going to come across a point where it's hard, where you don't want to do it, where you've got resistance, self-doubt, negativity. There might be in, there's going to be internal issues and there's probably going to be external problems on top of that whether it's physical health or people causing trouble or whatever it is, or a whole number of different things. But that's that's um, that's the reality of it. And I, I think just talking about this is very useful because if someone thinks that it's all fun and games and unicorns and unicorns and butterflies and magical tonics and special you know, candles and magical sort of sprays and all these sorts of things and magic crystals and special rituals. And that's what people think spirituality is. And then as soon as it comes to like sitting down and facing 
the real thing people go oh god this is too hard what's the what's the easy quick thing go to a shaman bang a drum a bunch of times and all these sort of things because i mean this i live in sedona right so this is going on everywhere and um but no there's it's more like being on a ship um plugging in and plugging out and and uh, we can still you mean look by all means if you want your special frappuccino with special caramel cream and whatever else then fair enough you know we're good for you um but at least you know what you're dealing with that it's all the matrix anyway and uh, shireen's a great example of this um minimalist and um the real deal you know the real deal which is which is why we all love shireen because she's 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 the real deal. But no more praise, Shireen. Shireen keeps telling me no more praise. But the thing is, Shireen, you're going to have to get used to it. So um, you're going to get more praise. And <laughs> you know, people will tell you that um, if you want to be enlightened, then you just have to imagine figures of light. Nothing happens by imagining figures of light. You really have to understand yourself. You really have to understand the soul, the inner workings of the soul. You have to understand your enemy. You have to understand God. You have to really take God at help at every moment, right? It's not just about, oh, let me just, you know, visualize a few things here and there and manifest whatever, you know. Like, you know, one of the worst things that happened, I think, in the last 20 years to America was the movie Secret. Because that got passed off as spirituality. That was so, such a disservice to humanity. You know, the people have done research on the secret, right? They have shown that only 10%, I need to find that, I could. I have to go back and find it. Only 10% of the people who visualized whatever they want, like I want a mansion and get a mansion and think that's for some odd reason that's spiritual, um, is only 10% of the people who did that got it. And so, um, and first, spirituality is not about visualizing mansions. And second, uh, the secret is that there's so much joy and happiness and freedom inside you that that mansion will just trap you. Yeah, this is, see, this is, this is the, the deeper conversation that, you know, like we were talking about this before, um, people who want physical things, right? So let's say you want a mansion Okay, so then you, let's say you do manifest a mansion, let's just say, one of the 10% people who pulls it off. And by the way, I think the reason only 10% pull it off is because only 10% people can actually focus their mind. I think it does work, but that's missing the point because the fact that some people can manifest what they want goes to show that it's possible. But more to the point is, let's say you do get a mansion. After three months your happiness level do you want to talk about this Shereen? happiness level goes back to what it was anyway right do you want to talk about this yes so it's not just mansions right i mean let's say suddenly someone um this work is done by daniel gilbert at harvard in the positive psychology department and so let's say someone decides um 
you know, um, I want to win, win the lottery. And lo and behold, they buy the lottery ticket and will win $100 million. And they have done research on this. Um, and someone, let's say, um, got paralyzed, right? They weren't expecting it. They got into a car accident, got paralyzed. A year later, what do you think is the happiness level of the person who won the lottery and the happiness level of the person who got paralyzed? Equal. Equal. That's just incredible. Because we have inside of us a, a psychological, that's what he says, there's a psychological immune system that make sure that we can synthesize happiness out of any event. So if you keep going after physical things, material things, and thinking, oh, I'll only be happy if I get this and this and that, what I'm doing is I'm suppressing my natural psychological immune system. I'm not allowing it to work. I'm not allowing it to synthesize happiness of whatever happens because I'm so fixated on something I want. And yes, it's true. The three-month thing is true. Three months later. So let's take a smaller thing, right? Uh, let's say someone called you and said, hey, you won, the lot, uh, you won a cruise to the Bahamas. And you go and you really wanted to go on a cruise. You didn't have money. And you're so happy you went on this cruise. Then you take the ticket. You won the, lot, you won the cruise, right? So it's a free cruise. You go on the cruise and you come back. And someone tells you, hey, you know, you need gallbladder surgery. Um, three months later, both of them are in the same spot as before when they started. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, this this is what I've actually mentioned with people who, um, like some of our courses that we've done over the years, I've had people say stuff like, I'd love to do your course, but I'm re I really want to go on this retreat, you know, and so I can't do your course. I'm going to do this retreat instead. And and I'm like, well, you know, do what you want. But the thing is, people who go on these retreats, right, they think it's going to change their life. I know so many people who've just been on retreats recently, right? And they want to, they think, oh, this magic thing is going to change my life. And then, they, then two weeks later, they're either back to where they were or they're worse than where they were because they get attacked by all the stuff when they get home and it didn't last it so like spiritual awakening is is about waking up again and again and again taking the red pill again and again and again moment by moment by moment C becoming a guest having those higher conscious experiences again and again and again it's it's because all this other stuff most people who are multi-millionaires by the way are on antidepressants there's lots of studies on this why are the richest people yeah so what how come they need these antidepressants when supposedly they've got they've reached the top of the ladder it doesn't make sense obviously it doesn't mean very much right so so we might think yeah well but if I was a multi-billionaire, it would be different for me. And this is what this is what the illusion thinks. Yeah, yeah, it might be for them, but yeah. 
Exactly. If I had billions of dollars, yeah, I would set up some wonderful retreat center and, you know, I'd give it to charity and it'll all be different for me. That's what we think. But actually, it's just, it's not about that, you know. So if we can't wake up today, then we're not going to wake up later on from the illusion. Like, it's not going to, this is something Arl and I used to talk about a lot. If we can't be happy now in our current situation, when is it ever going to happen? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because when is it ever going to happen? When am I going to get what I want? Because how many frappuccinos can you have? I mean, they're all the same, really. So, like, what? what which There's is the measure? Diminishing returns, also, right? You, and this is also there's research on this, by the way. There's research on this. Uh, but I wanted to touch on something you said about happiness. I always tell myself, if I can't be happy with what I have, what makes me think whatever I'm going to get is going to make me happy? We have to look at ourselves and, you know, see that, right? If I'm not happy with what I have, what is, what's going to change? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, this is the illusion of the matrix is, is making us think somehow that there's this future thing or this different thing or this certain situation that's going to do it for us. And we we're all running around, you know, unless we wake up, this is the whole life is spent running around after all these illusions, and then it doesn't make any difference. This is such a deep thing to have a good look at ourselves and say, what is going on here? I mean, I'll just share a story. This is like a repeating story that, that I've, um, I still find myself caught up in. Like I'm wandering around, get on with my life, and I think, you know what, I really need this thing right and i think i really need it so i go online and i buy this thing right and i'm like oh when's it coming and it comes in the post right on amazon or whatever and then i get it out the box and i realize immediately this is in some cases i do actually need the thing right and it's a practical thing but a lot of the time it's this is completely pointless like it's not going to make any difference at all and um and then it goes back <laughs> to the back where it came from so I have some stuff in the car now that I'm like why did I buy that I don't need it at all because because this is it doesn't happen all the time to be I'm just not like I have a major shopping addiction or anything but this happens enough for me to like be aware this is absurd and and but but what does bring me joy funnily enough and I always experience this is when I do a space clearing when I say okay I'm going to go around the house and I'm going to get rid of everything that I don't need the bigger the boxes of stuff I'm giving to the thrift store, giving to charity, that genuinely makes me very, very happy because I'm no longer a custodian of all this extra stuff. I've been liberated. It's like the, the becoming more minimal. This is why so many of the, the Buddhists who literally renounce everything, they typically are quite happy people with their shaved heads and their bare feet and their little robe, you know, because they don't have anything. So, you know, spiritual life is about waking up to what is the real happiness? Where do you get it from? And to, to see through all these illusions that are all around us and, and, and to keep taking that red pill again and again and again and again. Right. You know, there is research on um, this... Um Frappuccinos. Let's not use frappuccinos. Let's use a spa day. 
So let's say um, you're going about your day, you have a very busy schedule and you go into work and your boss comes to you and says, hey, you, Michael, you can take a day off today. And here is a voucher freeze party at the best spa in town, right? You take the voucher mm-hmm. and you go to the spa, the spa and you're so ecstatic. You get all the massages, you get all of the works, everything. And you're blissed out, not blissed out, but you're very, you're in total pleasure with whatever is happening. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Right? And then, uh, then are you, um, the next day you're going to work and the, and your boss comes back and says, you know what, hey, Michael, take your day off. This is another voucher to the same spa. You can have it. You can go do whatever you want. It's your day off, go to the spa. So you go to the spa and they have shown this. They have shown with thousands of studies that you do not have the same amount of happiness as the first day. The second day, the happiness is a little less. The third day, happiness is little less. By the fourth or the fifth day, there is no happiness. You don't like the smell of the candles. You don't like the way the people are greeting you. You don't like the massage. You don't like the massage oil. You don't like the massage bed. And you're just totally not happy. Then you want to go back to work and and do something else. Oh, God, please, no, another spa day. Yeah, you're not happy at work too. So there is research that shows that there is, like, pleasure has a, uh, you know, sell-by date. It has an expiration date. It's it's not self-replenishing. It starts high and then it just keeps going low and low and low and low. That's what happens with it. As opposed to a calling, if you have a calling, it might not start high, it might not be glamorous, but you will be happy, you will be content, there will be life satisfaction. Isn't that fascinating? It's just good to be very aware of these things. What is it that really makes a difference? One of the things I find most bizarre and fascinating is that the most pleasure I personally experience in my physical body, funnily enough, comes after I leave my body and have very powerful meditation where I'm not aware of my body. The, the irony is that when I am not aware of my body and I'm just a spiritual being and I'm outside of it all looking back, when I return into the world, then for, for, I don't understand how it works, but when I return back, having left then I feel fantastic. It's almost like a strange gift in life that when we try and get pleasure from coffee and um, chocolates and, you know, spas and whatever else, it it doesn't work. But when we go leave it all, it's almost like a strange gift because it's not, well, it wasn't the intention. The intention was just to not be involved in anything. So these are all very deep things to to tune into, to feel into. And, and so when you look around your life, everyone listening to this, like what is really happiness? What is freedom? What What are the illusions that are going on in the matrix? Who are the agents, so to speak, you know, deceiving you in your life in different ways? 
what is, what's actually going on here and taking the red pill is not a, a one-off occasion it's a multiple 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 choices again and again and again so we've gone longer than i expected but of course shireen and i have these long chats anyway so it's quite you know we it's easy to talk about these things um thank you shireen any last final thoughts you want to share just to take away thank you it's been an absolute joy and i'm so happy you invited me and i'm wishing everyone who's listening to the podcast happiness and health and freedom freedom that's what i'm wishing everyone freedom because there's nothing like real freedom there's no joy like real freedom mm that's so true and if you want to uh, hear more from shireen she has a youtube channel um release your wings which you can type in youtube and she's got lots of meditations and talks and similar things different things all sorts of things on there that you can check out and uh she's got books on amazon what are your books called shireen um the two that are on amazon is true hollywood blockbuster and oh my goodness <laughs> great titles i love it and uh and there's a new one coming out soul fitness which will be coming out soonish and um yeah if you like meditation she has a daily uh one minute meditation which is really beautiful to enjoy again and again and and uh, i'll no doubt invite you back shreen for more more of your real real deal like waking people up from the from the ship pulling them unplugging the souls from the illusions so thank you thank you thank you wishing everyone a magical and awakening experience this week look around your life see it as the matrix see where the illusions are and and as much as possible unplug 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 talk to you soon and lots and lots of love om shanti it's been such a beautiful time together thank you for listening think of one person who needs this and share this with them if you have any questions for us please send them to shareyourquestion.com go to spiritualrecharge.com for more free meditations, talks, and courses. We thank you for your beautiful presence. Keep shining your divine light in our world. So much love, and we'll connect soon.